Well, hello and welcome to Pegasus Radio. This is the second instalment of the Meet the Boss series. Today I'm joined by Matt Summerhill. Matt is the managing partner of the Yorkshire and Humberside region of Ryder, Levert, Bucknell. This is a great chat where Matt gives his thoughts on how work may change, but also how this current situation may strengthen Yorkshire and the North generally from an investment perspective, both public and private. So yeah, this is a great chat. I hope you get some value out of it. Let's dive in. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, yeah, so I, I look after the um, I look after the Yorkshire and Humber region. We've got a hundred staff in in Sheffield and and Leeds offices. Um, we've got ten primary offices across the UK, but we we also have a, a, a global reach and a global operation where we have a number of centres of um, uh, of excellence around. China, um, Southeast Asia, Australasia and Oceania, North America and uh, South Africa. We've also got a, a large network of affiliates across Europe. So we are pretty much a, a global practice and RLB UK is, is, you know, works quite closely with a number of our, um, our um, affiliates across the, across the world. And is 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 the UK the largest part of the business, Matt, or is that is that? Asia? No, uh, the the we have the most number of staff in in the global practice is actually in China. Right. Okay. So we've got at last count there was about eighteen hundred staff across thirty offices in China. So the UK is the is the second largest. We've got uh, North America and South Africa is, uh, and Australia are all you know good size good size businesses. Um, the Australian business is, is is one of the biggest in Australia. We're certainly the South African business is also one of the biggest QSPM practices in in Africa. So we stretch right across the right across the globe. Brilliant, and that'll be really useful in terms of the discussion today. In terms of the, I guess the intel from from all that is is, is probably quite useful. Yeah, we've we've done. Um, people might have seen we've released uh, three studies now. We actually yeah. went out across our practice and asked. 10 or 12 questions around the pandemic at various at various stages in its life right. and what the impact was on on individual countries but also on our on our business and it's been really interesting to see how that's tracked because rather than it being you know stuff that we are picking up on on the news and and in the press it's actually you know live data that's being provided by our colleagues in in other offices across the world mm been really fascinating to see how the how the pandemic has has affected different markets and different offices and you know where some offices have been in total lockdown others have been in partial lockdown some industries you know some of the construction sectors have completely stopped others have mm. carried on unabated so it's been really really fascinating to see how that's been different across the globe yeah yeah no absolutely Actually, I did um, a while ago. I did a, um, a thing called Global Stories, a number, a series of global stories interviewing people from different parts of the world. It's quite amazing how things like Italy was the epicenter of um, a, a kind of blockage in terms of materials. Because it's the one place where everyone still seems to get yeah. the kind of the, you know the high-end finished materials, which is quite amazing. Yeah. That you know, one, one small country on the scale of things is kind of such a, a blocker globally. It's quite interesting, from Canada to the US to Hong Kong. Uh, really interesting. Uh, and we had, you know, we've had um, issues on some sites in the UK where, you know, deliveries from particularly China and Wuhan have been yeah. 
have been affecting the uh, have been affecting deliveries on site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I think it's really brought home. I mean, obviously, the the pandemic has had much more of a um, uh, an impact in terms of, of our health, and you know, the the, the sadness of, uh, of of lots of people losing their lives. But it's yeah. been really interesting as well. I think it's really brought home the the interdependencies, I guess, of of different countries in terms of the construction industry and how we sort of all relate to each other, even on a um, a subconscious level. It's it's really, um, I think that's been a real fascinating part of what's happened. Yeah, undoubtedly. And then obviously, we you know we're not gonna we're not gonna change globalization, but equally, you know, it's clearly a recognition that we need to improve our supply chain, make it more robust within the UK. The whole obviously the whole issue around PPE is the fact that we you know we we don't manufacture it ourselves. We, we get it in from you know the US and China in particular, and I think Germany. Yeah. So um, it sounds like that, that you know construction is just one 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 element of that wider economy. But clearly, we need to have a more robust supply chain, I'd say, going forward. Absolutely. And I think moving forward, we'll see more and more contractors looking at that risk profile around the um, around the supply chain and around materials and really thinking about, you know, how do we how do we mitigate that risk? Yeah. We're probably going to be in a in a situation moving forward where um, the, this the, the the risk against a potential pandemic is going to be with us for a while. So yes. I think contractors will be looking at that and thinking, you know, is it is it more is it better to reduce the risk by paying a little bit more for a a product from the UK that is going to be easily accessible, or or continuing to import from from areas where maybe we're not we're not in control of the um, supply chain to to the same extent. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting how that sort of plays out over the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so yeah, I normally start these map by just saying, you know, how, what is life like for you um, at the moment in terms of, you know, your personal life, I guess. How are you, how are you managing everything? You've got, you've got kids, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, so we've got, got a daughter. I mean, she, she was uh, about to do her GCSE, so that has, oh uh, that has been quite a challenge. And yeah. uh, as somebody who loves school, she, you know, she took that quite hard. It's been quite difficult, things like... Um, not only missing exams, but missing missing out on prom and you oh, know, yes, yeah. IS uh, in the summer and things like you know, it seemed like a bit of a a rite of passage has uh, has gone to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. No, I feel for it definitely. Yeah, it would be awful. Uh, my my daughter's only in the first year of of high school, but I'm just so grateful yeah. that it wasn't last year when she was in the you know the uh, the year six of, of primary school because similar kind of thing. It's a it's a rite of passage, and you know, so I do feel for your daughter. They're not. That's not right. being able to experience that, and then having the the uncertainty of not knowing, you know, you know what's going to happen with the GCSE grade. So yes, um, yeah, and fun. then and then obviously, you know, it's been um, you know the challenge of not being able to see friends and yeah. you know having all this time on their hands and not actually being able to uh, not not really being able to do anything with it. I think yes. it's taken a bit of time for her to get her head around that. I think obviously from a family perspective, we've had the advantage of not having to homeschool. Mm. way that some of my colleagues have and that has been a real juggling act for I can, I can tell you it is definitely with two girls yeah definitely it's been a challenge for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely family rather absolutely and and that has been um you know from my perspective that's been a really good thing for me in that you know I've been pretty I've been pretty much able to just focus on on work and we actually uh, we actually moved to work from home probably I think it was eight days before the actual official lockdown. 
um, as RLB. We closed our offices across the country. And that's something you've always been very good at, isn't it? As a business, you've you've been way way ahead of the curve for a while on, on that on that. Yeah, point. and obviously we'd spent a lot of time talking to our colleagues in China and how they were managing the the pandemic, and we you know we were pretty sure we knew what was coming. Right. Or we you know we locked down our offices uh, before the official lockdown. Everybody had the you know everybody has the technology to work anywhere in any case. We've always prided ourselves on that so we were pretty yeah i think we were up to speed with the whole world of teams and zoom by the time that the actual lockdown arrived so actual work has been has been quite seamless good and i think that's been a a real positive the difficulty we has been obviously that that one-to-one contact and we set up a network of various teams across the business to make sure that everybody was aligned to a an individual team and everybody had a not a line manager as such but a support network mm-hmm. so there have been teams meetings happening and virtual coffees and virtual cakes and whatsapp groups etc just to make sure that everybody is you know everybody was was still in a in a good place and that's been really useful and really important yeah good to hear i, I do think that's where some businesses have dropped the ball with this where they've not been in communication with with both exi- with Staff still working and furloughed staff. You know, some of yeah. some businesses. I'm, I'm hearing some horror stories of some people really feeling like they're just out on a limb and, and, and don't really have the confidence about you know what the future looks like because their business has not been in communication with them, which is which is really sad. Yeah, and and the final part of that, which has been a, a, an absolutely huge success, is that Andy Reynolds, our CEO, has done a webcast at three o'clock every Friday. Brilliant. Become a real go-to place for information so i think the first podcast had well over 600 people watching it and the numbers are still well over 500 so the interest hasn't dropped and i think that's been really good for one every every webcast has started with an update on the health of of staff across the business which you know has been hugely important Mm. and then an update on on the market and lessons learned from our colleagues overseas and you know how we see the future and I think that interaction with with staff at that level has been you know hugely important to to, to how we've um, how we've managed working from home good good no good to hear good to hear so Matt the next question I ask is you know how has the business adjusted over the last 12 weeks or last three months you know what, what's the business had to do to I guess adjust to the you know the new norm we find ourselves in at the moment you may have answered yeah, that I mean, already, we- to be fair but yeah, we had a obviously we had a period of time where where everybody was second guessing somewhat right at the start of the pandemic, and we've you know we 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 made adjustments to um, uh, for what we anticipated in terms of sites closing down, projects moving to the right, and and really, I wouldn't say we took a pessimistic view, but we took what we thought was a, a realistic view at that stage. I think. Mm-hmm. The positives has been that a lot of sites came back onto line quicker than we expected them to do. And therefore, you know, some of the real challenges that we expected around sort of sites being closed for a significant period of time have not have not come to fruition. That said, you know, there have been schemes that have been stalled or uh, abandoned. You know, there is clearly a, a more challenging market out there now. There is a lot less work to to to. Uh, pitch for so it's you know there are definitely um, there, there are definitely a, a much more challenging market that we're that we've entered now than we than we probably had this time last year. 
Yeah, I certainly think most, and that ties with most of what my clients are saying, which is that whilst Q2 has been reasonably okay, Q3 is going to be a little bit more unpredictable because they're not certain what, what clients are going to commit to. Well, in fact, they may know that by now. And, and because of that, they think probably there will be a drop in fee level of certainly over Q3 uh, and potentially into Q4 uh, by as much as 30%, depending on you know how exposed certain clients of mine are to certain sectors. So, you know, you yeah. know if, if you've got one... You got one smaller consultancy that's very much focused in one sector, and that sector's you know massively impacted. You know, let's say whether that be retail or aviation, some of the sectors hugely impacted, then they're going to see a you know a real drop in fee turnover. But generally speaking, I think every consultancy I speak to is saying we're going to get a battering, you know, to some degree in terms of fee generation over over Q3 yeah. and Q4. And I think one of the challenges we all face at the moment is almost the um, you know in management, it's the you know we're always managing risk. That's what we're that's what we do, but it's the, at the moment, we're almost managing the unknown unknowns. You know, yeah. will there be a second wave in at some point in yeah. time that, that sends us back into another lockdown? You know, what does the, what does the new office market look like? You know, does the, what do the retail and high street look like? You know, these are all things that, you know, we haven't really, uh, we haven't really got an answer for at the moment. So it's very hard to, it's very hard to plan when you have those, you know those issues very much in the air and 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 not being you know we could all we can all make a guess of as to what those answers are but as we've seen over the last 12 weeks they might be wildly inaccurate well that's right you've got a lot of um so-called experts haven't you telling us what they think will happen you know a lot of people saying that the office is dead and everyone will start working from home you know i don't, yeah. I don't personally buy it i think i think actually a lot of more businesses will just adopt actually you know shout out to rlb what you you have already done as a business, which is you've offered, you know, as I understand, a lot of flexibility from from a long yeah. time ago for people to choose when they work and when they not work. Um, and my, my from a lot of people I speak to and a, a poll I ran on LinkedIn, it tends to be coming out that most people are saying, look, two to three work, two to three days a week might be a good cadence of time in the office, and then yeah. maybe you know two two days at home so that they can just you know get down and do some of the work that's more kind of you know need, needing a quiet space to get on with it without the distraction of the office. Yeah, and I think we are, you know, we are very fortunate in that we've been, we've always been reasonably, um, you know, fle a flexible employer. But we are, we are still looking at, at at our processes and our working moving forward. And I think, I think the key thing for us is that, you know, we want to try and we want to try and reshape the mentality of people. If you if you're not going in, if you're working on your, you know, if you're working on a piece of work yourself, if you're if you're not needing to collaborate, if you're not needing that social interaction, if you're not needing, you know, training and development, then why wouldn't you do it from home if you've got the facility to do it from home? I think it's a logical step in this sort of evolution of, of how we deliver. Yeah, I guess the only, the only contra-argument to that is particularly around that kind of training and graduate level. How are they going to learn? Because I think a lot of them learn by osmosis. They learn by being sat next to a senior um, absolutely that CD is not in the office most of the time that, that's where I think some of the challenges will come around as well, as well no, as I don't, collaboration I, piece absolutely I don't I don't disagree at all and I think that's I think that's maybe one of the one of the things that we'll we'll need to look at in this in this sort of the pandemic period you know mm -hmm. we've been forced to work from home you know it's it's all right for us as senior managers to be working from home because we are self-sufficient we're yeah self-sufficient every day of the year what we probably aren't you know what we might not appreciate is how that has been a challenge for our our graduate and apprentice colleagues who who as you say feed off of that interaction with senior staff and 
even just listening into a telephone call often, you know, can give you a give you learning that that you just don't pick up in a in an environment where you're on your own. So I think you're absolutely right. I think that's where the the challenges are, and that's how we need to really focus on how we how we develop young young talent and and making sure that they are getting the 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 best that we can give them. Yeah, definitely. Because I because I the irony is that they're going to be they're much more able, aren't they, from a digital perspective? They're much more capable than 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 us old sods are in terms of being able to um you know being able to engage with the whole you know new way of working etc. But but they do need that physical presence to to learn. They do, and I think one of the other challenges is as well. You know, we forget that a lot of our you know a lot of our um, um, younger colleagues that you know they may not you know they may their their domestic situation may yeah. not conducive to working from home you know they absolutely be in shared space you know they may be yeah. in a, a student you know student residential or whatever yeah, yeah. It, it isn't easy when you're working sat on the bed you know I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have an office in my mm. in my house but you know not everybody has that so yes. you know the office is still important for for people that that don't have the you know don't have the facility to work work well from from home so I'm the same. I don't see I don't see the office going away anytime soon. I think we'll repurpose how we use the office. I don't see from an RLB perspective, you know, I don't see moving forward that we'll have rows and rows and rows and rows of desks, mm. uh, you know, in a call center type layout. But you know, I think we'll repurpose the space we have, and it will be very much around collaboration, training, and development, and, and social interaction. Yeah, and have you got any? kind of timeline in terms of opening offices now, Matt. I mean, I'm hearing a few consultants are now starting to, you know, from next week, I think starting to, you know, let, let an, a select number go back into the office just to kind of test it and make sure everything's like, yeah, safe so spaced. So we've been working, uh, I've been part of, the, of our senior partners group that have been looking both at the return to office strategy, but also the, the future long-term office strategy of RLB. Mm. We've got a short, medium and, and long-term plan around return to office which is nominally set for early july but it's very much on the basis of a risk assessment procedure and all of those risk assessments whether that be our own internal space or landlord space have to all be satisfied for us to reopen the offices so we have a very very strict criteria we've got significantly reduced office space to meet social distancing yeah all be on a booking system and there will be a priority for those that need to be in the office for the vast majority of staff will continue to work from home and continue to service clients remotely but where we you know where there is an absolute need for individuals to go to the office there will be the facility moving forward yeah no, that makes perfect sense I think doesn't it like you say someone more 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 in need of being able to go into the office and others will be more just damn right eager to get in the office as opposed to yeah, who, who probably are still uncomfortable with the idea. So you've got to absolutely. Uh, and what we're doing as well is that that we we have a booking system, and that will be managed on a on a fortnightly basis. To give, we won't be asking staff to come into the office. It will still be a total free choice of whether whether individuals come into the office or not. And that that two weeks is there to give people enough time to sort out childcare issues and things like that. So that you know we don't want to put anybody in a position where you know, they feel that their stress levels are increasing by coming to the office. It absolutely has to be on a, you know, on a on a relaxed basis. Yeah. 
And that probably segues nicely into my final question, which is how you think the industry is going to adapt and change over, you know, in, into the future. Um, and, and one thing I was going to say there is, you know, do, do you think we're going to see the need for less physical meetings, you know, maybe less site visits, which, which again, I've, I've, I've questioned that and I've got a lot of pushback from people on LinkedIn over that, over that question. But also things like I understand from now on, all APC interviews will be done virtually, which is, which is quite interesting. That's just been, uh, I understand, been announced quite recently by the RCS. So do you think we're going to see a change in that in terms of companies saying, look, we don't need to be seeing everybody. We don't need to see clients. We don't need to go into site visits as much, you know, but maybe do more virtually, do you think? I think there'll be a mix, if I'm honest. I yeah. think, I mean, the site visit issue, there are obviously a number of, you know, in, in all services, there are a number of contractual reasons why we yes. have site. And, and we've put in place a very strict site risk assessment. So our our colleagues have to complete a site risk assessment before every visit to site to make sure that sites they are visiting have put in place social distancing measures, etc. So I don't see that we'll be there'll be a huge drop off in terms of site visits. Right. Yeah. And in terms of meetings, I still think there is a place for the face-to-face meeting. I think Agreed. the body language. I think body language, you know, is a huge thing in meetings that again you really. get from a from a virtual meeting. Yes, yeah. I think where we will see a huge difference is that I think we will we will conduct a lot of our virtual a lot of our internal meetings will be virtual. Right, yeah, yeah. our monthly senior partners meeting, which you know, as previously in London, once a month, I don't think there'll be an appetite from our business to have twenty partners travelling on a train to London once a month. You know, yeah, I, yeah. we've proven over the last over the last three months that that you know the technology is there for us to have the, to hold those meetings virtually so i think we will see a lot a lot more internal meetings going virtual yes I think, yeah. there's still a, I think there's a business development potential around virtual and i know from my own perspective over the last few weeks you know some developers that have been have, 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 we've not been able to tie in dates to go and see mm. to face have been much more you know, there'd be much more ability to to get a space in their diary remotely. Right, so I, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be horses for courses. I think there's still a value with new clients and, and existing clients in, in that face-to-face interaction. But I think there will also be meetings that, that can be done virtually for, you know, the mutual benefit of both ourselves and the client. You know, I think there are, I think we've all maybe embraced the technology more than we expected. I think we've all realized that, the ability is there to um, uh, to do things maybe a little bit smarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's a sensible, sensible answer and a sensible strategy to this. You know, you you know, we still, like you say, we still need face to face meetings. I think certainly in a business development standpoint, I still think meeting somebody face to face is, is always going to be the, the way forward potentially. You know, maybe some more virtual things, but um, no, I would agree with you. I think that that sounds sensible. Yeah. And, I, and I guess for your partners' meetings, maybe you'd move it to one once a quarter. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's. I think that's where we'll go. I think there'll be a. You know, a we'll have a we'll have a, a real life meeting if you like once yeah. a quarter, and the rest will be virtual. Yeah. Um, but you know, the other advantages we've seen of it is, you know, our office comms meetings in in Yorkshire. You know, we we manage two offices, so having an office comms meeting is quite a challenge logistically, mm-hmm. and being able to do that online and and all all of our colleagues being able to dial in. We've had one this morning. You know, and we had eight, we had eighty-two people on the call. Brilliant. Yeah. That has been far easier. And it to be fair, it's probably something that without this pandemic I wouldn't have thought of doing. 
Yes. But it's been, you know, it, it, it solved the problem that we've been scratching our heads to solve for quite a while. Brilliant. Yeah, good. No, without, you know, inevitably, this is going to lead to some some real positive change, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust accordingly and bring back some of the old things. You know, we're all still, certainly for me, I'm still missing just simple things like meeting, meeting my mates for a pint in the pub, that kind of thing, yeah. which I'm sure we'll revert back to. But equally, we'll, we'll find some efficiencies and hopefully most people will have a, a better work-life balance coming out of this because most decent firms will recognise that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that is one of the things that I've seen from myself. You know, yeah. my, my work-life balance has improved significantly over mm-hmm. this pandemic. You know, I, I was often spending, you know, I was on trains at, at well before 6.30 in the morning and getting back at 7.30 in an evening, but I'm, I'm still getting up at the same time, but instead of commuting to Leeds or driving into the Sheffield office, I'm... You know, I'm at my laptop by 10 to 8 and I can do a couple of hours before anybody else is up in the, in, in the house. And yeah, yeah. it has given me a lot better balance of life. You know, I'm, I'm able to walk downstairs and have a sandwich at lunch with my family and mm. in the garden and get some fresh air where, you know, in the office, I might just, you know, grab a quick sandwich at my desk and continue working. So, yes. you know, I think it's been huge positives in that, in that respect. And I've... You know, I've certainly, I, I think my utilisation has gone up and my stress levels have probably gone down because, yeah, good. I'm, you know, doing less commuting and, and getting that quality time with family. Yeah. Finishing at 6.30, but, you know, instead of 6.30 and commuting home, it's 6.30 and at 6.31 I'm downstairs helping with dinner. Yeah, yeah, perfect. No, which is good. Like you say, we're all, all having our meals together as families out, which, which is yeah, lovely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. And so do you think there's going to be any big changes in terms of the construction industry going forward, Matt, that's, that's resulted from the pandemic, do you think? And that's quite a broad question. But Yeah, interesting. I think we, I think over the last, certainly we've seen, I think we've seen some great strides over the last few months in terms of collaboration between clients, consultants, contractors mm. to solve the issues that, that have arisen through the pandemic. And I, you know, I would hope that that collaboration piece continues post-pandemic because I think yeah. it, you know, for my mind, we not just from a um, not just from a sanity perspective, but to attract the right people into the industry, we have to get away from this constant conflict that we seem to have in construction. Mm. You know, it's none of us like conflict, and I yeah. think being in a, a more collaborative industry moving forward will have huge benefits both to us as individuals, our businesses, but also attracting, you know, the best talent coming forward in the future. So I would hope that that, that continues. I think, you know, some of the technological advances that we've had to embrace, I don't think will go away. And I think they be hugely important to the industry moving forward. But I do also think that we've, maybe as a society, I think we've, We've got a slightly different outlook on outlook on life, and I think that will I think that will have a huge influence on 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 our schemes of the future. I think that will be the betterment for the betterment of all of us. You know, I think the we really need to to think of the, about the social aspect of our schemes, not only in terms of construction, but in in terms of of whole life. And that's going to be more more and more important moving forward. Yeah, undoubtedly. No, absolutely, absolutely. There's all wider questions about things like how the 
you know, depending on which way things go, uh, you know, different people have different views on this, but, you know, what will our city centres look like going forward? You know, will they, you know, still be as busy? You know, if, if let's say if we go back to that idea that everyone spends maybe, you know, maybe half the week in the office on average, um, you know, is that going to reflect, change everything? You know, how many, you know, you go down to London, how many preps and costas are on every corner? You know, do, do they need to be there if there's not that, you know, so many people coming into the, in, you know, into the city each day? Um, and same for Sheffield, Leeds, wherever. You know, it could change the dynamics of the city centre quite drastically depending on what happens. Yeah, it will. But I think we've got a real, I think the sort of combination of what we've, you know, what we've all experienced in life through the pandemic, but also the the challenges of the high street generally. I think mm. we have a real opportunity to to maybe just repurpose the, our cities a little bit and re- yes. really attract families and residential into the centre. It, it, you know, if, if we want to make our centres vibrant again, mm. we've got to... It, 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 it's no longer about the the nine to five thirty crowd. It's about yeah, yeah. making sure that the centre is vibrant twenty four seven. So I think it gives us an opportunity to really repurpose what our city centres do. Yeah, yeah definitely, I agree. And I think that can only be a good thing. You know, it's yes. you know, we're all looking for we're all looking for that sort of that golden nugget around. Well, what does you know? What's the city centre of the future going to look like? And I think. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, if we take the um, if we take the learnings of the last three months and and the challenges that the high street has seen over a, a long period of time, you know, I think we I think we've got a real opportunity to to make our cities fit for the for the um, fit for this century and beyond. Really, yeah, no, absolutely, no, I'll, I'll totally agree with you, Matt. That's been really useful. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to add before we kind of no, wrap it up? Been great. No, thanks very much for asking me. It's been good. Enjoy. Oh, no, honestly, it's been it's been fantastic. Thank you very much, and um, look forward to meeting again in person at some point, at some yeah. point soon. Absolutely. Right, thanks very much for your time today. Stay safe. Thanks, Paul. Cheers.